Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, your host, and the clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. For today's episode, we welcome Ben Levno from our product management team at Mayo Clinic Laboratories for a test and focus interview. Thanks for the introduction today, Dr. Pritt. I'm joined today by Dr. Alicia Algeziris, and today we'll be discussing our neurofilament light chain test on blood. But before we get into learning more about that test, Dr. Algeziris, could you just let our listeners know a little bit about your role and your background here at Mayo Clinic? Yes, absolutely. I am a professor of laboratory medicine and pathology here at Mayo Clinic in uh, Rochester, Minnesota. I serve as the co-director for the Clinical Immunoassay Laboratory, where I have been overseeing the research, development, and implementation of various CSF and blood biomarkers for a number of neurological disorders, such as Alzheimer's disease. And I've been working closely with our neurology uh, clinical practice for the last six, seven years in these projects. Great. That's really helpful. I just want to emphasize how, as people know, at Mayo Clinic, we're very collaborative. So our access to the Alzheimer's Disease Research Center, the clinicians downtown in the neurology practice that you mentioned, there's a lot of information sharing when it comes to this test development. Is that right, Dr. Aldeciris? Absolutely. They are being a, a great group to work with and collaborate to advance the treatment and diagnosis of these patients. Great. So let's get into the test a little bit, Dr. Aldeciris. Can you just give us a brief overview? I mentioned blood, but this test is relatively new uh, on either platform. Uh, tell us a little bit about what our assay is going to be able to do. Let me just tell you about neurofilament light change or NFL first. This is a protein that is exclusively located in the neuronal cytoskeleton. It is released into the CSF and subsequently into the blood upon axonal injury or uh, neurodegeneration. And actually, when you look at the literature, some investigators have referred to NFL as the neurologist troponin. And uh, similar to cardiac troponin, NFL is an organ-specific protein, so specific to the neurons, and it's usually not found in blood. But following injury of the axons, you have that release of NFL into the CSF and then into the blood where it can be detected. And the elevations of NFL really reflect the amount of neurodegeneration that is happening on that individual. Now, it is important to understand that NFL is not a disease-specific marker or, or protein. It is really uh, elevated in a number of neurological diseases. That's great. That's really interesting, Dr. Aldeziris. So you mentioned that it starts in CSF, and then when there's damage, it goes to blood. And there's already a CSF test available for this biomarker on the market already, right? Yes, you're right. While the initial studies that looked at NFL in association with various neurological diseases were focused on CSF, the most recent developments are really focusing on the utility of this biomarker in a serum or plasma. 
the reason for that is that while NFL concentrations are significantly higher in CSF, as you can imagine, having to do a lumbar uh, puncture to collect the sample is, is very invasive. So it really limits the clinical utility of this biomarker. And because of this, a number of studies have demonstrated that uh, CSF and blood NFL levels or concentrations correlate very well. When you measure both in parallel, they show the similar changes, similar correlations uh, reflecting the severity of the disease, as well as when you look at them as prognosis biomarkers they trend the same way. So that's why the use of a less invasive method uh, to measure NFL is very appealing. Definitely. Yeah, I think this is really a, a breakthrough in access for patients. Can you explain a little bit about how Mayo Clinic has been able to launch this test on blood? We've been able to do this because of the a newer technology that is used in immunoassays. And, and this new technology is referred or known as single molecule assay or CIMOA. This is a technology that allows us to develop immunoassays that are very sensitive to be able to reliably measure a picograms per milliliter concentration of NFL in circulation. So this is the introduction of these sensitive assays now have allowed us to measure this more routinely, uh, not only in research, but in clinical trials and now moving into uh, clinical practice. So I'm actually very excited that Mayo Clinic Laboratories is going to be one of the first clinical laboratories that will be providing this assay to support both patient care as well as clinical trials. Right. That's going to be really important. You highlighted something about research. So this is a new assay that we've developed at Mayo Clinic. And maybe you could help our listeners understand a laboratory developed test and what that means for physicians. A laboratory developed test is a test where it is not FDA approved at this time, but it's a test that has been validated following CAPCLIA requirements. There is enough clinical data published to support the use of the assay. And in addition, we have done a very extensive reference interval study using samples from the Umsted County Study of Aging to establish age-based reference intervals for NFL. So something that will be important to know and to mention that NFL concentrations increase with age. So having the right reference interval to be age-specific reference intervals to interpret the results will be very important. So right now our reference interval will be broken down into 10-year intervals. Great. I want to get back to result interpretation in a second, Dr. Aldazirus, okay. but I think just want to emphasize for our listeners that that lab developed test, while it's not FDA approval, our ability to interact with the neurology practice, you mentioned Olmsted County Studies, the Alzheimer's Disease Research Center. We really have the ability to go to another level when we talk about ensuring the accuracy of this test. So even though it's not FDA approved, we've really been able to use this test and vet it or validate it, if you will, with a very large sample size. So we have a high degree of confidence that physicians are going to get accurate, actionable results from this test. Can you just confirm that, I guess? Or Yes, you're totally correct. Yes. Got it. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to the last thing, result okay. interpretation. 
You had mentioned earlier that this is not specifically tied to any particular neurological disease, but what is going to be included in the comments? Are there going to be interpretive comments that can help physicians? You mentioned something about how the reference values change with age and, and size, I've read. So how are we going to help physicians interpret these results? There is not going to be any interpretation in the actual report. We have extensive interpretation in our uh, lab test catalog information on the various use of NFL in various conditions. Since NFL is a novel biomarker of neurodegeneration, its clinical use and interpretation continues to evolve. So we really wanted it to avoid to have to be updating our reports, which could be inconvenient for our customers as well. I think that in terms of interpretation of the results, it will be interpreted in the context of the reference interval. But depending what the clinician is ordering this for, whether they're ordering the test for monitoring a particular disease over time, or they're trying to use it as a ruling or rule out test, then some of that information will be in our test catalog. So Dr. Aldaziris, what kind of patients do you think this test would be most appropriate for? Can you speak to that? Yes, absolutely. So as I mentioned earlier, NFL is elevated in a number of conditions, including ALS, multiple sclerosis, traumatic brain injuries, frontotemporal dementia, Alzheimer's disease. So as you can see, a wide variety of potential clinical presentations uh, on these patients where NFL can be used. The two main uses of NFL today or that has been reported is in one scenario uh, to be used as a screening tool to identify or rule out neurodegeneration as an underlying cause in a patient presenting with cognitive symptoms. So if they are presenting some type of cognitive decline and you want to know if this is due to neurodegeneration or this is due to some other disease process that is reversible, and not related to the brain, then you can use this to do that assessment. So if it's elevated, it tells you that cognitive decline is likely due to neurodegeneration. If it's normal, then it is most likely that the cause of the cognitive decline is a non-neurodegenerative process. The other use that probably the, the most study use of NFL it's in the context of multiple sclerosis or M uh, in the context of MS, where NFL concentrations have been used for serial disease monitoring and to assess uh, response to treatment in some of these patients. Great. I think that's really helpful for our listeners because not all of them might not might be as plugged in to the research. It makes a lot of sense to have, now that we have this test on blood, it's really much more feasible to use it as a screening tool to guide physicians down that neurodegenerative or reversible condition. So that should be really helpful. Anything else that you want to add there related to the patients that could benefit from this testing? What I want to highlight, just to be aware of the lack of specificity of the test. So because it's nonspecific, it's not really a diagnostic test. It's just help you guide you one to one pathway versus the other when you're doing further evaluation on the patients. 
It sounds like this test is still going to be able to save physicians a lot of time and, and maybe energy replacing other tests. I don't know, Dr. Aldezirus, do you want to expand on what this testing might be able to replace and allow physicians to more quickly move from not knowing which path to go down to knowing definitively which path to pursue? Let's say when we use it as a screening tool, you can start with this test and then depending on the results, you can then decide what other type of testing, whether it's laboratory testing, imaging testing will be necessary. So really positioning this test as a screening tool, then you can reduce the number of tests that you will order up front, which will obviously have an economic benefit to healthcare and the patient. Definitely. I think you said you already touched on it, but is there anything else that our listeners should know about how this test impacts patient care? I think you've mentioned that a positive test result means that it's neurodegenerative and we can go down that path. And if it's negative, then it, it rules that out. Is there anything else you want to add on that question about patient care? And no, I think, you know, just being able to have a biomarker that uh, is easily accessible to monitor disease activity and treatment response is going to be extremely useful in uh, a number of conditions. As I mentioned earlier, right now, it's mostly been studied on MS, but as disease-modifying uh, therapies become available for other uh, neurological diseases, having this tool will be very useful if it can be expanded to those other applications. I think also not directly related to patient care, but NFL is really being positioned as a, as a key biomarker uh, to measure outcomes in clinical trials when they're evaluating disease efficacy in various neurological conditions. That's really interesting too, Dr. Elzeris. It's great to know. I, I want you to have the last word here, Dr. Elzeris, but as I look at my notes, I think some of the key takeaways for me are increased access because this test is going to be offered through plasma or blood. And then this methodology is really exciting that Mayo Clinic is going to be able to use this increased sensitivity to be able to maybe detect other biomarkers in blood that we can't already detect. And then lastly, I think there's a lot more research to be done. You mentioned that neurofilament light chain, while it's not tied to a specific disorder now, access to this type of testing and further research could change that. And Mayo Clinic is, again, it's really leading the way here in providing physicians access to this. Hopefully I didn't steal your thunder, but you could put a, put a period on that, maybe help our, our audience understand what you're most excited about with this test. Yeah, no, you know, you summarized it so nicely. The key message here is that until recently, there has not been any blood biomarker to measure neurodegeneration. We are in very exciting times where the amount of research in the neurology biomarker space is just blooming and uh, us being able to identify it and be, and, and Mayo Clinic Laboratories be one of the first ones to offer this test in clinical practice. It's a very exciting place to be and just seeing all the work and, and all the uh, new information that we learn uh, from the use of this biomarker. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Aldaziris. I'm really excited to launch this test and to you know, continue to learn about how this testing and this biomarker specifically can help patients. So thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.